Yo, yo, what up, what up? Welcome to the WTF Should I Do With My Life podcast. I'm your host, your homeboy, your spiritual gangster kicking it in Brooklyn, New York, Jacob Sokol, and I appreciate you for rocking with us today. Today, I'm uh, feeling quite playful and appreciate you. And today's episode is a little bit different. We're taking a break from the interviews just for this week. Uh, Side note, we'll be back next week with Chris Gillibo, the creator of the World Domination Summit and author of The Art of Nonconformity and many other amazing books. So you'll want to be back for that interview next week. But before you disconnect and peace out of this episode, I'd actually invite you to stay. And today's episode is just a, a, a pour from the heart. It's me opening up and speaking from the depths of my soul about what's coming through me. And this actually was happening on uh, a call that we had for Sense of Inner Circle, which is our private community where we do weekly group coaching and we have just our, our tribe of people who are all there supporting each other. Um, didn't mean to plug that uh, but you can check that out if you want to go to sensify.com, S-E-N-S-O-P-H-Y.com slash I-C, like inner circle. And uh, and so this is a, just me uh, opening up and I'd encourage you to listen to this because when you listen, you can really feel a deeper sense of truth. And it's me speaking from the depths of my heart. And when you listen to that, it will connect you to your own truth, to your own deeper wisdom that's there. And from that deeper wisdom, you'll be able to navigate in a way that feels much more grounded, much more alive, and much more connected to that sense of fulfillment that you've been craving. So I hope that you dive in with us today. Uh, you know, Let me know your thoughts. Tweet me at Jacob Sokol and let me know. Yo, this is what I thought of today's episode. I'm into it. Question for you. Just want to say what up. Um, you know, hit me up, let me know, and with no further ado, let's do it. You know, life is quite uncertain, and how many of us can just say that we love uncertainty, that uncertainty is the thing that we want more of in our life than anything else? Yeah, none of us really, right? And uh, so much of our suffering, though, comes from a attachment to certainty, from clinging to, from clinging towards something to give us a sense of safety and stability and comfort. And we associate safety with certainty. But the life of someone who focuses on mastering themselves actually gets safety from somewhere else besides certainty. Because certainty can never really bring you safety because there's nothing really that's certain. And when we force things, you know, aside from death, let's say, right? So when we try to associate safety with certainty, we end up trying to control things and ultimately never really get that deep sense of safety within ourselves. It's more of a psychological trying to convince and reframe ourselves into feeling safe. So if safety doesn't come from certainty, well, where the hell does safety come from? Well, safety comes from having a deep commitment to finding and figuring out how to become the best version of yourself, right? So safety comes from within, in short. And, you know, today I sent out an email to our tribe about mastering the inner game, right? So how do you live in a world that is constantly changing so quickly where anything could happen? You know, I sent this email out. I was talking about 
that I was traveling on the other side of the world and I got stung by a mosquito that gave me a, a potentially fatal disease, right? Now, I made it out of this challenging situation that I was in, but that could have happened to anyone, right? I mean, there's, there's infinite things that can just pop up um, and, uh, and happen. And so it's not about staying in my house and never doing the things that excite me and confining myself to my living room and TV set in order to be safe. No, no, no. That life is going to be a very depressing, very unfulfilled life. The reality is it's about knowing that I can handle whatever gets thrown my way and I can make peace with whatever situation and find a sense of acceptance for whatever I need to surrender into in that moment because when I'm fully present, right, and presence comes from within, when I'm fully present, then I can handle whatever's happening. It's when things get up. Uh, painful or uncomfortable that we try to escape the present moment. And when we do that, then we remove ourselves from our power to handle what's actually happening and try to venture off and escape, you know, out of the moment, out of the situation, out of our head, out of our heart. And as a result, uh, we lose our power. So how do we stay grounded in the moment? And that comes from inner game. And one of the ways we get to do that is by um, being connected to our breath. You know, it's one of the simplest things that you've heard over and over. And it's like, Jacob, dude, I heard the breath thing, man. Like, tell me something I don't already know. You know it, but do you actually do it, right? And there's a big difference between knowing and doing, a big difference between, as I like to say, information and transformation. And uh, what I'm inspired to do in the world is, and in my work, is to bring more of a sense of transformation because, sure, at some point, knowledge was power, but we live in the age of information overwhelm and overload, and at this point, we're being bombarded by so many stimuli. I mean, it's amazing that we have any attention left and children are being raised with ADD being um, described as, as uh, illnesses that they have. It's not that children have ADD. It's that our world has become a world of ADD with Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat. And I'm on all of those things, right? But I also do my meditation practice every single day for the last 2,000 days, uh, 90 plus percent of the time, right? And so, uh, and I also do my, my other attention training, my breathing. Ah, yeah, speaking of breathing, let me take one of those deep breaths that are so free and so freeing. Um, and this is, this is the path of, of the master. It's the path inward. Um, you know, it's not that you need to give up all sense of, of certainty, right? But you start, you start to learn to find that certainty within yourself. So I'm certain of the things that actually matter to me. Right? I'm certain of the things that don't work for me, like working in a meaningless job around jerks who aren't the type of people I want to spend time with and uh, paying attention to things that don't actually matter. Like I'm certain that doesn't work for me. And I'm certain that these things do work for me. Right? I'm certain that when I exercise, I feel better than when I don't exercise. So I'm certain that if I exercise, I'll feel better. Now, that might not sound like the most you know, prolific, profound insight you've ever had in your life. But I mean, really slow down and take that in. I'm certain that when I exercise, I feel better. Holy crap. You got the roadmap to feeling better right there, right? Now the question is, how do you create 
a sustainable system so that you use your limited amount of willpower to make sure that that exercise becomes a habit that becomes automatic. I feel my New York accent kicking in there, automatic, but so that it comes automatic so that you automatically feel better every day, right? So this is one of the differences between the idea that information is power versus the idea that, it, well, no, actually shaping your life and your future and sculpting what your days look like and the structure that you have in place so that when you press play on your day and your day executes, right, based on the structure that's in front of you, um, that you, good results happen. Right? Or maybe there's a lack of structure, and great, so how do we build that in? What does that look like? And so um, this is the difference between you know, having life happen to you and really showing up and taking some sense of control, and not in the manipulative, I'm freaking out, oh my God, I need control, or everything is going to burn to hell, right? Not in that type of way, but really taking ownership, ownership of your life, it's up to me what I do about these situations in front of me. It's up to me. Am I waking up earlier than I need to in order to meditate because, you know, that relaxes me and that connects me to myself and that helps train my mind and all these things are going to help in every situation that you come across in your day. You've taken those extra 10 minutes in the morning or 15 minutes in the morning to prime yourself for the best day possible. Well, you know, maybe you don't feel like waking up in the morning. I know I always don't, or don't always. Recently, it's been always don't since I'm uh, overcoming uh, this uh, disease that I had. But uh, so, well, what do you do? Well, what about the night before? Are you drinking? Are you staying up late? Are you on social media until the moment you go to bed? You know, are you having a hard time falling asleep to get your adequate eight hours of sleep every night? And if the answer is, yeah, you're having a hard time, well, okay, so what system do we need to put in place in order to make sure that you can fall asleep when you lay down at night, right? And uh, that you can go to bed without a head full of worries and anxieties about what's going to happen and, you know, this, that, and the next thing. And so this is really the game of mastery, the game of, you know, the, the journey of deep inner game. Um, and it's the journey of a lifetime. I, I really invite you to not um, try to compare yourself to other people that you see or that you know or even that you've interacted with and try to judge who's further ahead or measure how far ahead you are because, you know, really the quickest way to get slapped by the universe is to think that you are enlightened, right, or don't struggle anymore. Like the universe will show you quite quickly that it's got some tricks up its sleeve. So let's just accept where we are. Ah. <sighs> Accept where we are, accept who we are, and from that place, say, okay, well, what would I like? What do I desire more of? What's in my heart? Um, what's missing from my life? And, and how do I keep it out? How have I kept it out in the past? What can I do now to bring it into my life? Where could I get support to make it inevitable that it comes into my life? What system or structure can I put in place to make sure that my desired re results and my desires become inevitable, right? And this is some different thinking than you may have heard elsewhere, right? And that's what we do. That's what part of taking ownership and consciously creating our life means. It means I'm going to spend time 
uh, asking questions that are more empowered, questions that are going to produce a better and, and uh, more fulfilling result than what society has told me, right? Society has told me, where do I get a good job, right? How do I make sure I keep that job, right? But that, that question kind of limits you. It's like, oh, so you've got a job, okay. How do you make sure you keep it, right? Like that question doesn't get you so far, right? A different question might be, you know, if I had all the time and all the money in the world, what would I want to spend my time doing? And when we look at that answer, then we can dig into, okay, well, what kind of job could I get doing that, right? One of the questions that was so impactful for me on my journey about five, six years ago was, uh, what is it that I love to do so much that I would pay to do it every day, right? So what do I love to do so much that I would actually pay to do this thing every single day? And, you know, ask yourself that right now. Really um, don't treat today's call or listening to me as hearing some kind of podcast or reading some book where I have the answer, really use me as a reflection for what's inside of you and the wisdom that you're not going to find outside because it's in there. And we just got to, um, we just got to tune the frequency in so that you can hear it. We got to remove the, the, the noise that's keeping you from hearing your own inner voice. And sometimes we're scared to hear our inner voice because we don't like what we hear. But oftentimes when we actually slow down and listen closely to what it is that's in there, even if we don't like it, what we'll find is that the thing that's in there that we're afraid to hear is actually a great signpost for how we can get to the next level in our life. What the hell am I talking about, right? Well, let me take a sip of my lemon water and a deep breath and I'll unpack that a bit. So how is the voice inside that sometimes we don't like to hear, how is that a great signpost for uh, where our next, our next level of growth uh, can come from? Well, for instance, if the voice is saying, who, who do you think you are in order to do that thing, right? Like, you know, your lifelong passion project or be in a great relationship that is exciting and healthy and supportive or do work that you love or have more financial freedom or whatever it is, right? Oftentimes, uh, that voice is the voice of shame. And the way that shame works is that uh, oftentimes shame and desire are two sides of the same coin. So for instance, if you want something, right, um, there's often shame associated with wanting that, right? I want more time and more freedom to take care of myself on one side, desire. But on the other side, but I'm ashamed of what my family and friend, my family will think about me because I won't be able to take as good care of them, right? Now, that's not actually true, but that's the desire and shame located. Or, you know, I want to go to a sex party. Oh my God, that would be amazing, blah, 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 right? Like, maybe you do, maybe you don't, right? But uh, on the other side of that is, oh, but there's shame. If society found out, then I would be immoral and dirty and blah, 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 right? So it, it works like this um, oftentimes in, in every area of our life. So if we look at what that voice is saying, who do you think you are, or you're not enough, this is the resistance that is standing in the way between you and your desires. And then 
we can question it. Well, is it true that if you took care of yourself, that would be hurtful for your family? Is it always true? Is that true in every situation? Is that always the case? Right? And what's the answer? The answer is no, it's not always true. Is it true sometimes? Well, I don't know, maybe, but other times, you know, if you are, if you are happier and healthier and can think more clearly and more inspired, right, you're going to be way more equipped to take care of the people who are important to you. That's just how it is, right? If you go to a a sex party, right, are you a dirty person? Is there something uh, wrong with you? Well, one is I would not suggest going unless you actually want to go, but if, if that's your actual desire, right, well, I don't know. If you show up like a jerk and are disrespectful and do things that are out of permission with how things go, then yeah, maybe that's not the best way to approach it, right? But if you're compassionate and respectful and curious and you know willing to let your heart pound a little bit, right? Like that's that's awesome. Those are virtues that are growing of yours. Um, so you know, really paying attention to what's going on on the inside because. The inside is where your life is created. It all starts on the inside, the same way that a tree will only grow as tall as its roots are deep, meaning that in order to make a tree grow really tall, you need to have room for its roots to expand outward. So are you giving yourself room for yourself to expand downward, meaning creating a deeper foundation? And you might have heard this metaphor before, but you know, I invite you to take it in a little bit differently today. I invite you to take it in and say, where in my life can I go deeper into my foundation so that I can create more of what matters to me in my life and be more supportive of myself so that ultimately I can be more supportive of the world, my friends, my family, and my community, and the, the causes that matter to me, right? Uh, you've heard the analogy maybe of the building. If you want to know how tall a building is going to be, um, the best way to find out is to look at how deep they dug the foundation, right? You want to build a one-story building? Cool. Go, you know, build a one-story foundation, right? You want to build a hundred-story building, that building is going to go many, 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 many stories deep into the ground. And it works the same way with our life. It works the same way where when we commit to doing the deep inner work and commit to, um, to, to playing the inner game, to paying attention to what's going on on the, on the inside and to really make sense of it. And yeah, it's going to be scary. Like, you know, there's things that I would have rather died, like straight up, thought about committing suicide because I was so ashamed of that I was like, if this is the case, if I'm really this person, then I don't want to be alive. And when, and I mean, this wasn't like, <laughs> I'd love to say this was like, you know, 15 years ago when I didn't know better, but I mean, I'm talking about five years ago or something like sensitivity was already started at that point. So if you think about you having a voice in your head that says, I feel like a fraud to do the thing I really want to do, right? Like here I was writing about, uh, I was, I don't know, nine months into writing about living an extraordinary life. And while that, you know, first year after I quit my job was at that point, one of the best years of my life, if not the best, um, I faced some hard times after that, right? It was like, oh, I've tasted what life can be like, but then it was time for me to dig the deeper foundation to make it sustainable so that it wasn't just a temporary high, but I could actually live at that level of consciousness consistently. And I had scaffolding in place to know that, okay, well, if I have moments where my, my, 
consciousness drops or where I'm not feeling as great. Well, I've got systems and support in place in order to make sure that I'm good. And, uh, and so, you know, look at in, in your own life, what's that next level of creating that, that inner foundation for yourself? Um, what, where is there, where's the resistance and how do you get some support around that? And this is the work that most people don't want to do. And it's not that they don't want to do it. I mean, they're terrified to do it. They're straight up, you know, petrified and it feels like they on some level would rather die. And again, I speak from experience here, so I'm not demonizing anyone who feels this way. I'm sharing, you know, this is what I've gone through. And when I support people and when I just, you know, seen the people in my life, this is what we're up against. So in some part, and here's the cool thing, in some part, in some way, in order for you to get what you want in life, you do need to die. But it's not a physical death. It's a metaphorical death. It's a death of identity, of persona, of personality, of, of the per- your perceptions about the way life works and the way life needs to be. Because face it, the version of you right now, currently, where you are, who wants to be at that next level, or maybe that next level is a more fulfilling version of your relationship or a fulfilling relationship. Maybe that next level is impacting more people. Maybe that next level is having more financial freedom. There is a part of you right now that is working hard not to achieve that. Whoa. There is a part of you right now that is working really hard to make sure that your dreams don't come true. That's the part of you that needs to die. And that's scary. Why does that part exist? That part exists because it thinks it's keeping you safe. It thinks it's keeping you safe. There's a belief within you that if you had financial freedom, that you'd be in danger, right? Because then you could lose it. Then people would take advantage of you. Then you wouldn't know who your true friends are. Then you'd be a target for bigger scams. Then you could do something irresponsible and lose it all. Then people could make fun of you when you, when you lost it all. Whatever it is, I'm, I'm making up you know, ideas here. But we have these unconscious beliefs, right? Then what if my family wanted the money? Then, you know, whatever, whatever. There's a part of you that is working hard to make sure you don't have the relationship of your dreams. Because you know what? If you had the relationship of your dreams, your heart would be more open than it ever was before. And guess what? If your heart is more open, it's more susceptible to being broken. It's a part of you working hard to make sure that you're not deeply in love right now. Whoa! Holy shit! What are we talking about? This is the deep inner game. This is, this is really looking at what's going on on the inside so that we realize we have these competing commitments And you have exactly what you want in life right now. You might think you want something else, but you've got what you want. Whoa, what are we talking about? This call just got uber weird. Well, on some level, this is true. On some level, there's a part of you that's working really hard to make sure that you continue to experience life exactly as you're experiencing it because that is safe and there's certainty in that. So this is the part of you that you need to be willing to die, to, die to, to kill, to let go of, let go. And part of that process is a surrendering. It's a surrendering to, you know what? There's a set of beliefs that are no longer serving me. There's a set of um, rules about who I'm allowed to be that are no longer serving me. And I'm going to do things that 
quote unquote, aren't me. You ever hear someone say that? Oh, that's not me to do that thing. Yeah, yeah, it's not them because they're afraid to do it. And so they've told themselves that they're not that kind of person to do it. Right? So we got to get rid of this idea of permanent personality, meaning, oh, I am this way. Oh, I'm just this way or I'm this way or I'm this way. No, no, that's just your personality. That's your identity. That's a set of constructed beliefs that you believe are on some deep unconscious level are keeping you safe. And again, you know, part of Jacob needs to die. Jacob version 3.0 needs to die in order to go to that next level and become Jacob version 3.1. And the same goes for you. So let's really look at in our life, you know, what part of us would we most benefit from letting go of? And the, the reality is, is that you may have an idea of what that is, but it also may be happening at a deeper level. So take some time to journal, you know. Um, one of the things that you can do uh, for this process is think about the thing that you want, right? So I want to be a best-selling author that impacts, a ton, you know, 100,000 people, whatever, right? I'm looking at the books on my bookshelf here. So you, you choose what you want, whatever it is that you want. I want to travel the world. I want to go, you know, sign up for this thing that really matters to me. Um, then what you can do is a word association, uh, excuse me, not word association, a sentence completion. So a sentence completion would be something along the lines of this. The bad thing about being in my dream relationship is, and then you finish the sentence. You, and I would suggest writing it. Right? So, or, um, or you can do it with like a voice memo on your iPhone. But in some kind of way, I would suggest getting this documented. Um, writing is really good because it's right there in front of you, kind of staring at you. So I would list this out 20 times and just keep going. The bad thing about being in my dream relationship is, the bad thing about being in my dream relationship is, and you finish the sentence each time with what's ever there. And I would do it, you know, for each of these things, I would do it 20 times. Because when you get to number... 12 and 13 is when you're really going to start to find some things that are way below the surface that, you know, your first seven things aren't going to really be so insightful. Maybe, maybe they will. But really when you keep doing it and you, you go into the land of uncertainty, that deeper unconscious part of your mind, some stuff is going to start to come up and you're going to say, wait a second, the bad part about being in my dream relationship is that then, you know, I might lose all of my money because I'll have to go through a divorce and like you, you have no idea what's in there. Um, you know, and these beliefs oftentimes get programmed from such a young age, from childhood. When we're three years old, we pick up a belief that then we're 30 years old or 50 years old and we've got the belief of a three-year-old running our life. Right? Crazy sauce. That is some crazy sauce. And, you know, it might sound like I'm, you know, um, I hope I'm beating this point in. Like I really am repeating it and I'm staying with it because it, it matters that much. You think about it, there's a younger version of yourself that formed a belief at some age, right? Maybe it was three, maybe it was seven, maybe it was 13, maybe it was 17. Who knows? But at some point you, you were a child and you, you, saw something happen in life and interpret it, interpreted it in a way that, you know, this means something about the way the world is. 
And that belief of that young child within you is still in you in your current age. And then we think, why am I sabotaging myself, right? Like, why do other people get success, but I experience disappointment after disappointment? Why does that happen? And, um, and it's not that we're sabotaging ourselves. It's not that we're, that we're scared. Or, you know, it's just that there's this inner child, wounded child within us that doesn't feel safe. And it's our job to reparent ourselves, it's our job to reparent ourselves. So there's a, a child within us that didn't get all of the love needed that, that he or she needed, right? There's a child within us that went through some version of some trauma. And I don't, you know, some of us, unfortunately, you know, have been, um, you know, in very, very unfortunate circumstances, uh, abuse, molestation, you know, addiction, et cetera, when, um, at, at points in our life and with people who are taking care of us. Uh, but that even if you didn't have a situation like that, it doesn't mean that you just still don't have some kind of trauma going on um, deep within you. And the reason is, is because you have to think about what the reality is for a four-year-old versus your current reality, right? A trauma for a four-year-old could be you went to go get your mom's love and the moment that you crawled over to your mom and you were almost there, the phone rang and she turned around to go pick up the phone and in that moment you experienced rejection and the fact that you are not good enough to be loved. Right? Sounds ridiculous because it probably happened at some point. But these little, uh, these little circumstances can cause beliefs and when this happens enough times over and over and over again, we lodge these things deep within our unconscious mind and actually within our body also. There's a, a field of therapy called uh, somatic therapy and it's about finding where we store these traumas and these tensions within our body and actually releasing them. Um, so, you know, there's, there's tons of different modalities for how you can go about becoming the best version of yourself. And my style is kind of taking all of what I find useful from a hundred different modalities and saying, all right, well, let's play with this. And also, I'm on this lifelong journey of inner game mastery, and I don't ever stop to, uh, I don't ever plan to stop learning, and um, that would seem really boring, and like, you know, life would kind of suck if I did that. So I'm committed to the long run, the, the inner game, and, uh, and I hope today's, uh, today's stream of consciousness, you know, awoke something within you. Soul Sibling, thank you so much for rocking with us. I appreciate you, and I appreciate that you're using your time and your energy toward making yourself a better person and the world a better place. So if you'd like to keep in touch, I'd love it if you subscribe to the podcast, and I'm excited to deepen our relationship, to get to know each other better over time, and to see how I can help you solve meaningful challenges and create your most fulfilled life. We've got a great community over here, and we run retreats all over the world. We've got people who connect with each other and support each other in living the most fulfilled life. And what I'd suggest for your next step is to grab a copy of The 12 Things Happy People Do Differently. It's a scientific-based approach to happiness, and there's a lot of great wisdom out there, but this in particular is researched back from some of the world's leading positive psychologists in the world, and it's super grounded, super practical, how you could do these 12 things that happy people do differently 
and Rocket. The article's been shared over 100,000 times on Facebook, and there's some magic in there. So in order to grab a copy of that, you can go to thankyoujacob.com. Sounds simple, and it is. Thankyoujacob.com, and uh, grab that immediately, and I will keep in touch through personal emails that I send out couple times a month and all that goodness. So for now, sending you lots of love. Keep it real. Follow your heart, but bring your head. Peace.